everyone. Welcome to 2020. This is um 2020 co-working edition where we ask 20 questions in 20-ish minutes. You know, usually okay. I have an incredibly effervescent guest who have a lot of valuable information and things to share. And so we might go 25, 30 minutes, but we'll, we won't go more than that. Um, the intention is to leave people feeling uplifted, informed, and inspired. Um, as soon as this pandemic hit, Devon, I said to myself, what can I do to lean in and to be a contribution to people? And sort of selfishly, I said, you know, I'm going to start connecting with some of the most inspiring people that I know that are up to big things in the world. And you certainly fall into that category. <laughs> and so I'm your host, Lisa Skyhame. In this particular edition of 20 and 20, and during the month of June, I'm connecting with industry experts, operators, vendors, and most importantly, co-working members like Devon, who has an office space for himself and his team at Primary, our beautiful space down in the the financial district is where he is. And we're gonna learn how together we're gonna to weather this storm. So just as a little backdrop for, for those of you who are listening in and for the co-working edition, co-working has been around for over a decade as a term where we have glass enclosed offices that are individual like executive suites, which have been around for 30 plus years. You know, the office space and of course, real estate industries like many industries have been hit really hard during this pandemic. Um, co-working, I believe, will survive and ultimately thrive. Uh, companies large and small are going to want flexible terms for their office space. Uh, but, you know, we're going to talk about that and a few other things here with Devon today as one of the members of Primary. And so, Devon, Christopher Johnson, thank you so much for being with us. How are you, my friend? Hey there, hey there. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you right now? I'm in my bedroom right now. I was driving before, but I'm like, in case I need a bathroom break, I better come in the house. So... I'm in, I'm in my bedroom. <laughs> That's, thank you for being so specific. Bedroom. Are you in? You're in Long Island. Um, no, I'm in. I'm in uh, Manhattan. So I'm in Harlem. You're, uptown. Oh, you're in Harlem. Oh, yep. I thought you said you're going out to Long Island. But I was you went to Long instead. Island, but I'm like the traffic wasn't going to work out. So let me just come to my apartment, do this, and then do Long Island later. Well, curfew's okay. over now, so I can you know I can leave past. Eight you can drive around. I totally. can drive around. You could drive around. Okay, so everybody, Devon. Um, for those of you who don't know, is the founder and CEO of Blue Life Media Group. Um, Blue Life uh, is your, it's a multimedia uh, sensory uh, uh, group where you're, you not only have a magazine, you have um, activations, you really gear yourself towards the millennial and Gen Z audience. In yep. your words, tell us what is Blue Life Media Group, in your words? Well, we, we've tried our best in the beginning and I guess still are a voice for multicultural audiences, specifically black men. Mm -hmm. um, changing the perception of black men in the media for non-black men, but also for them to see themselves in a more diverse and organic way. I love it. And so you have, uh, you know, this is the other problem with connecting with all the inspiring people I know is that they're all the smart people I know. So this man, Devon, went to Seton Hall University and has a BA in communications and the arts, which I do too, by the way, from NYU. Oh, there we go. But then he went on, unlike me, to Harvard and has a master's uh, in journalism, which actually I studied um, broadcast journalism as well. So we have that in common. Just I just don't have the Harvard piece of paper. <laughs> so well, well done. I'll, I'll make a copy uh, of mine and, and give it to you. Thank you. I'll do a little photoshopping. Um, but you also had a really exciting start to your your career life working at Def Jam Recordings, Universal Music Group, Warner Music Group, and then you founded Blue Life in two thousand six. I can't believe it's already been almost fifteen years. Yeah, it'll be fifteen years uh, a year from probably this week. So June twenty 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 one will be uh, wow. fifteen years. Um, yeah. So lucky for me, after college, I got a job offer the week after graduation. Yeah. Um, for Def Jam, so I never had to intern or whatever. Just went straight to work. Such a long time ago, but it made a huge impact um, on how I how I saw the world and how I saw 
working and building a brand. Um, lucky for me at the time, uh, Kevin Lyles was the president. So it was like, I saw a black male president of a major record label. So yeah. it was a great example to, to be set in front of me at that time. Oh, it's hugely inspiring, right from right out of the gate. I love right it. Out of the gate, yeah. Um, so first, before we talk about Blue Life and before we talk about co-working a little bit and about you personally also, you know, on top of a global pandemic right now, there's a revolution happening in our country right now. I mean, it's, it's just, and it's been happening obviously for decades and, but it's louder than it's ever been because of social media and because of the access to information that everyone has. Um, what are your thoughts on the Black, Life, Black Lives Matter movement? And more specifically, how do you think business owners can be upping their game to support um, it's to support the movement? Yeah, I think overall, I think one of the things is that Black Lives Matter obviously has been around before the George Floyd situation. Of course. Um, I think yeah. this, this situation has made it amplified and made it larger yeah. um, and more broad. And I think what's most exciting is that I've gone to three protests so far, and they've all been very diverse. all been very diverse crowds. I know you mentioned Gen X, um, not Gen Z, I'm Gen X. I'm like a, I'm like a senior <laughs> citizen now. Um, you mentioned Gen Z and millennials, and I think right. they're demanding a more diverse and inclusive future. Um, so for businesses, it's for them to listen to those voices. I mean, the, the consumer of the future are millennials and Gen Z. And if they're asking for diversity, they're asking for change, they're asking for changes in policy, then we should be doing all we can to, uh, to give them what they want in the future. Yeah, listen, I mean, that's obviously a big theme that's come up, I think, across the board is, is listen, educate yourself and listen, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a, this is maybe more, an, I don't know how, how it lands for you. I'll let you characterize it. But, um, you know, as I've talked to some of my Black friends, my Black guests, you know, racial profiling and certainly in some of the research that I've been doing and, and educating myself watching the um, the awesome Ava DuVernay uh, documentary 13th on Netflix yeah. on my flight, you know, home across the country this weekend. I was crying pretty hard, you know, towards the end here because some of the, the families were willing to release the footage of some of the brutality, you know, that 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 is happening every day. And that is finally, again, because of social media and because of the access um, being uh, publicized. And so can you, sh I, I think, I will tell you that as a white person, what is, what is really getting to me is watching the videos and, and watching um, and hearing uh, some of my friends talk about points throughout their life where the first time, my, my dear friend Light Watkins, who leads meditation, um, created a really great video. They got a lot of traction, three, four million viewers and, and talking about the first time that he was pulled into the back of a, a mall and accused of potentially shoplifting and all of the, the subsequent times in his life that, that, that things have been difficult for him as, as a black man in this country. And so can you talk about some of the racial profiling and maybe one or two instances of racial injustice in your life? Yeah, I mean, I think one of my, my earliest um, was I used to own a restaurant uptown in Harlem, and my supplier uh, for our food was in the Bronx. And I would sometimes go, if my delivery truck wasn't there on time, I would go pick it up myself, and I'd come over the, the bridge back into Harlem. And I had a sports car. I had an Infiniti. Um, I had rims. I was young. I was like 26, 27. And I remember like three or four times I was stopped by the cops, and my car was searched. Um, and they asked me to get out the vehicle. Um, I'm also pretty argumentative. So at the time, like I cursed them out, you know, yeah. told them I know my rights and all that kind of stuff. However, 
it just kept happening. And I'm like, I'm literally two blocks from my company, from my restaurant. I live in a neighborhood and you're stopping me. And I'm one of the people trying to make a change and get people jobs and, and make a difference. And you're profiling me based on like a stereotype that isn't necessarily true. Um, I think people need to see more images of positive, po more positive images of, of black experience. And I think they'll be less likely to judge. Um, that's one of my major things. I'm a business owner in New York City. I'm delivering supplies to my restaurant that's in my neighborhood and I'm still being pulled over by the police when there's actual crimes happening, right? There are people who are murdered. There's people being sex trafficked. There's other things you can work on um, and investigate and, and be a good policeman at versus harassing, you know, common citizens. Um, that's one of the major things. I think some of the other stuff is just like, just gener general um, assumptions. Um, I remember uh, <laughs> a few blocks up from my restaurant, it's not here anymore. Uh, it was a pizza, sh a pizza restaurant, like a pizza and wine bar. And I went in, I'm like, oh, you know, what type of uh, toppings do you have? And the guy responded, we don't sell slices. And I'm like, well, I know, idiot, if I wanted a slice of pizza, I would go across the street. What I'm here to get is one of your popular pies, pizza, and I want to yeah. know what are your toppings. And turns out it wasn't just my experience. There were several people in the neighborhood that experienced that, that were there before this restaurant was there. So, like, that was my issue. Like, you're someone new coming to a neighborhood, and then you're judging people and not even knowing who they are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, th I, this is really, again, illuminated so much, I think, for so many people, this, mm -hmm. you know, the, the death of George Floyd in the country. And, and again, going back to that documentary, Ava, have you seen 13th? Ava's yeah, documentary? So, so you mentioned 13th, so it's interesting. Um, a lot of my non-Black friends or, or white friends have, you know, what can I do and how can I be an ally and, you know, all those buzzwords happening right now. And my response has been, you know what? you should probably go back and watch the 13th. And I think it's a good foundation as to why. Um, a lot of folks didn't understand the protesting. A lot of folks didn't understand the anger. And a lot of people didn't realize that, yes, you may not personally be a racist, right? But as a non-Black person, specifically a white person in this country, you benefit from systemic racism that's been in place. So therefore, yes, you're free of being racist and you see the world beautifully and wonderful and integrated. However, having that peace of mind, that state of mind, comes with a privilege that a system has been set up against you um, this entire time. Yeah, I mean, I, I, can't, I can't help but to, um, oh God, of course, I'm not gonna remember his name. And even when I went to Google it after I watched the documentary, I got the name wrong, but um, it was a young man who was 17 years old who is mentioned in this film, who was uh, arrested for possibly stealing a backpack and then sat in Rikers Island for two years without a trial date yeah. being set. And then a year later, you know, and, and in that third year, while he was still there, was given a plea, you know, plea bargain uh, um, opportunities where he could have even been, you know, left prison that day, but because he wanted to, he knew his voice or his, his story would never be told. He wanted to be a voice um, to, to be able to showcase what is happening um, in a real way. And, and so he stayed in there because he hadn't stolen the backpack. And then a year later, when he's released, you know, he has all of the most of those three years is in solitary confinement. Yep. And he had these subsequent dire mental health issues where he ended up committing suicide three years yes. later. And so that criminal was, justice Khalif, reform. That was Khalif Browder. Yeah, that's one of those, those uh, stories that are heart wrenching, right? So you get you get accused of something, you get arrested, yes. you go to jail, and then you're not able to bail yourself out or 
you can't get out of your you're in the system. And that's the part, like you're in the system, you've been, you've been arrested, you've been documented, you've been fingerprinted. So even if you didn't do the crime, right? And then further down the line, you get a traffic ticket or you, you miss a, a court date or something, that's compounded on to your existence. And yeah. you never get out of that system. And that's a system that's been put in place intentionally by the US government to suppress black people, specifically black men. Of course, I know, and that's what's highlighted and 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 characterized so so beautifully in that documentary. She did a really an excellent job. Um, I, I, we need more documentaries like yeah. that, I think. <laughs> so, um, talk to me a little bit about uh, what inspired you to actually launch Blue Life. Yeah, so it's interesting. The questions come up a lot lately, and twenty twenty is not much different than you know two thousand five or twenty fifteen or nineteen twenty or eighteen sixty four um I've been trying through the work and we've been doing changing the perception of black men in media right so I have this history working in music I've worked in marketing departments, and we made money off of a certain image of what the black male experience was right at the time in hip hop it was you know girls and and gold and 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 big big houses right so like yeah. Which is fine. That's part of in existence. But there's another yeah. side, right? Those things that my friends did. And like, you know, we jet ski or we go hiking or go bike riding. And those images were missing. So I wanted to create a platform um, that showcased what I thought was a diversity of black men in media. So mm -hmm. that's and, the inspiration for it. And their lifestyles. Well, and, and you've had an amazing uh, go at it here 15 years later. So what would you, so you know, I made a note here, Blue Life supports African-American men, obviously through Blue Magazine, women through your Bombshell Magazine, mm -hmm. which was established in 2016. And obviously a common thread through everything here too is your support of the LGBTQ community as well. Uh, what would you say is your greatest achievement in business to date? Or maybe you have a favorite activation that you want to share with us. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I don't, I mean, we do a lot of great things and not to like boast for the brand. I mean, most important for me was providing opportunity for creatives to express mm -hmm. themselves. Um, and get tear sheets, right? So if you don't have experience, you can't get a job at a bigger agency or a bigger magazine or a media company. So we have allowed a place, you know, it's like a revolving door that's like on purpose, it's intentional. We want people to come in, get experience, build their resume and be, be able to go out there and like, you know, write a book or go to grad school or work at New York Times, et cetera. Um, and we have lots of success stories from people who've worked with Blue in the past. Amazing. How many employees have you had over the last 15 years? I mean, I've probably over the last 15 years employed over 100 people. Amazing. Um, yeah, we keep a small team. We have yep. a 10 or less core team, um, yep. freelancers and consultants. Yeah, over 100 people have been employed at some point. Yeah, um, well, and then not including the activations, all of the additional people. activations and all that stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, tell us about uh, bow boxes. What's so inside? Bow boxes, How do I get, get one? That? Yeah, bow box. So basically, a subscription box and it's kind of the best of type of box. So it's a gift box. You can subscribe. It's a gift box. You can subscribe, uh, send it to a friend or for yourself. And four times a year, we'll send you a box of like cool gadgets or clothes or different brands that you may want to try out or you never heard before uh, that want to reach you as an audience. I love it. And you can just, you can register or sign up to. Uh, yeah, you go to Bobox, B-A-U-X. You can gift it to people you, also, you can I'm gift sure. It. Yeah. Go on I was going to say, someone gifted me something like that for Christmas. So every month I'm like overflowing with beauty products. It's yeah. really nice. One so, of our members. One of our so, members. Think, so think of that, but for, for men. Awesome. Love it. Um, what has been your biggest lesson learned over the last 15 years in business? I'm back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've learned many, many lessons, but I think one of the things 
um, that I was taught or told or discovered for myself or whatever is that you always look forward, right? So I ran track in high school and junior high school and I would like, I wanted to win. Sometimes I would lose a race and I would always lose a race, my coach said, because when things were getting good and I was getting some speed, I always turned to my left and to my right to see who was near me. And Ooh. he's like, stop doing that. Cause in that moment you slow down because your focus mm -hmm. isn't on what's ahead of you or the line ahead of you. So my, my greatest lesson is, you know, know your brand, know what you want to do, set your KPIs, set your goals, et cetera, and go forward in that and don't waste time and the noise on either side of you. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's, I, it's sort of in New York City here. You know, I was a leader in a global business networking organization for a long time where we support businesses from all different industries. And, and one of the things that I would say is that, you know, in a dense city like this, where it does occur to be a lot of competition, I would say, you know what, I like to function from the space of abundance. There's more than enough business out there for all of us. But the key thing to do is to focus head down, eye on the prize, trust that the cream rises to the top. The goal is be the cream. Absolutely. <laughs> Another way to say, you know, what, what you said there. I, lo I love that philosophy. Um, what do you think are some of your most empowering beliefs that you have as a leader that have had to or have risen to the surface over the last couple of months while things have been challenging? Yeah. So what's been tough about this moment is that we didn't see it coming, right? So, I mean, yes, health officials are coming and there was, there was little clues, but we didn't know how it would affect business. We didn't know that we we're going to do this huge pause, right? And things just like stopped. And, and that was Are it. Still, and still stop. And still stop. So <laughs> what, what I did was I followed the lead. I mean, I live in New York, obviously. We work in New York. You know, our, our governor Cuomo said, you know, New York pause. And that's what we did. So, I, you know, I had a hard, hard conversation with my team and our, our uh, vendors and said, you know what? We're going to pause. And we may not pay you, like, right away. We're, we're going to be here. We, we survived the last recession. And we, we wait, you know, we, we won through that. And we will do it again. Uh, this one's a little harder, so just be patient with us. And the brand you've worked with this this long, and the brand you've loved this long, is still going to be there. And remember those things, and we'll be you know we'll be there together. And it's it's worked out. And my team has been like amazing. So um, I, I don't think any company or any brand is any greater or better than their team. If you don't have the people around to support you and uplift you, uplift the brand, then you you can't move forward. You probably won't survive. And this moment has showed me um, from businesses that, you know, didn't work out or like, you know, had to shut down in this moment. Yep. Some may have been propped up by some superficial um, forces that kept them, you know, propped up mm -hmm. versus those of us who were able to have honest conversations and actually pause business for a minute and have the trust of our audience, our vendors and our clients. Totally. Yes. Um, so what are some of your thoughts on this work from home culture uh, that is being introduced uh, and the impact that it, you think it might have on employees as well? I'm sure you're having the conversation internally with your a team of 10. Yeah. So I'm, I'm the only one that's been to the office. Marcin. I think, I think it's okay. This is going to be a good, like a new normal. Um, where people will have a mix of working home and working in office. To be honest, as a human, I think we like interpersonal um, interaction. So yeah. I thought at the beginning, like, oh, this is great. We all work remote, but like the truth is we're human. And that's how humanity existed by us collaborating and venturing out and discovering new land and populating new places. Yeah. So I don't think we're gonna go to this place where everyone's gonna be sitting at home in a pod and, and not interacting. Maybe I don't need to go to work five days a week. Maybe I don't need eight hours in the office. Um, but a place to, you know, those water cooler talks and that 
coffee machine talk, those are real experiences, especially for an entrepreneur or a small business owner. Um, we're already in a bubble. So it's yeah. really great to be able to interact and speak to other people that may be in the same situation you're in, if only for five minutes. So yeah, I, I don't think it's gonna go away. Um, and not to give too much props to primary, but I will say we're not on top of each other, like some co-working spaces where like they're overcrowded. There's yeah. lots of airy, wide hallway uh, <laughs> greenery that allows for space. So, it's, <laughs> but no, it's, it's a treat co-working like a human experience versus yeah. robots. Like we're not robots. You can't cram us into like these little boxes, like give us space to breathe. So totally. Our motto yeah. is you work best when you feel great. You know, we considered yeah. that with aesthetics. We don't want people to feel like hell. And you know, I'm laughing at myself as you're characterizing, you know, what people and our human nature, because if I was forced to work from home, I'd be that lady like hanging out my window, yelling yeah. down to the people on the sidewalks, like, can someone interact with me? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so, and, and, I, and I, I travel a lot. So I'm, I'm often away from the office. So I've gotten used to working remote um, mm. at times, but not never being in front of other people. Yes. So, yeah. 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 It's amazing. Technology does make things incredibly uh, easy or, you know, again, yeah. uh, we can get away with it, but, but it's going to impact mental health. I think there's something that you get literally from just being in the physical presence of other people, the vibration of other Absolutely. people feeds us, inspires yeah. and, us. And, and there's but so much you can do on Zoom, right? Because right now we're doing meetings on Zoom, we're doing birthdays on Zoom, we're doing family reunions on Zoom. Funerals on Zoom, so like we somebody somebody wants to like clink a glass. Yeah, you know? <laughs> so at some point we have to get off Zoom not, and get back into the real world. Not a screen, yeah. Um, what have you been doing every day to stay uh, sane and inspired? So I started walking, um, and imagine that amazing. Yeah, imagine like getting out the house and going for a walk. So I live uptown. I live um, by three parks. So I'm bordered yeah. by Central Park, Morningside Park, and Marcus Garvey Park, and. Okay. It's amazing. The, the buildings are low. I can see the sky. Um, the sidewalks are wide. So I take like a four or five mile walk every day. Um, if not in the morning, then I'll do it at, at sundown. And that's been really freeing. And I also mm -hmm. leave my phone home when I do that. So I'm not distracted by texting while walking. I'm just able wow. to walk and just be with my thoughts. Um, I'm not big on like meditation, like sitting in a corner with my legs crossed and close my eyes. But That's that is a form of meditation but because you're stilling. Walking. Yeah. So yeah. getting in my neighborhood and seeing my neighborhood has been been amazing. Yes. Eyes up. Right. Eyes yeah. up. Look around. Amazing. Eyes up, you look around, you like, might see how you might be inspired. I love yeah, it. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. Um, if you could go back in time to a year ago today, is there something you would tell yourself or do differently? Well, I would tell myself coronavirus is coming <laughs> and, <laughs> and figure out a way to be part of the vaccine team to get some of this government money. No, right. honestly, um, I don't look at life in a rearview mirror, right? So I don't quite know what I would say to myself if I had the knowledge that the future would be like this. Yeah. Um, at best, I will just continue to tell myself to prepare. Um, yeah. so I, don't, I don't necessarily think you need um, I don't think you need to have regret or have um, things that, yes, you could have done differently, but if you learn something from whatever situation, then it was worth whatever, you, whatever you've gone through, right? If you didn't 100%. learn anything and you screwed up, then that, that's a problem. If you at least learn not to yeah. screw up again in that same way, um, you've learned something from that experience. Amen. I mean, I'm sure we could as a as an entrepreneur, I'm sure that you could share with us a few screw ups because that's the reality. That's like the big well, secret. Well, entrepreneur's life is a it's a series of screw ups, right? That's yeah. you don't get successful without the screw ups. 
hundred percent. Problem, yeah. solution, problem, <laughs> solution, problem. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Okay. You ready for the lightning round? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Rename <laughs> the coronavirus. Ooh. Oh, shit. <laughs> I love it. Okay. What's the best advice you've ever gotten? Besides, yeah, look in the rearview mirror. Don't look in, that was, that was great advice. Um, so uh, my, my mother always tells me that no matter what, she loves everything I do. So the, the best advice I've oh, ever gotten is that even when the world doesn't believe in what, you know, you're trying to put out there, you have at least one person in your corner rooting for you all the time. And that's what's gotten me through all of my hundreds of entrepreneurial attempts right. and failures and lessons and ebbs and flows that Week, I, I had Dave. my cheerleader all the time. Yeah. So I made her happy. So I had someone success. Yeah, love it. Have a cheerleader, right? Yeah. Um, every Are you an uh, early bird or a night owl? I'm a night owl. I actually do a lot of work at night. I, um, I tend to not work much during the day. <laughs> So you really, when is like prime time for you? 11 o'clock so, at night? Yeah, prime time for me, honestly, like I just did a, I did a pitch deck last night, um, 12 to three, like that's like my, my moment. I, I have some coffee at night and I, I work, I bang it all out. I'll review stuff in the morning, like from my bed, but 12 to three is like that special, 12 a.m. to 3 a.m. I know, my husband is kind of opposite. I'll tell you, you and I hey, are, you and I are, are just like that. My children are messing it all up for me though. I'll tell you that because they wake up too early. Anyway, uh, favorite word. What's your favorite word? I don't, it's, I have to poke fun at this word. Okay. So it's not, it's not a favorite word, but like everyone says woke. And I just think that's the funniest freaking word. <laughs> what the hell is woke? So like, it's not a, it's like my least favorite word, but like whenever I hear someone say it, I don't, I don't respond to them, but in my head, like, I laugh. Like, I think it's the funniest thing. Like, what the right. hell are you woke about? Like, shut up. <laughs> What's your favorite fashion trend? Um, my, I wear a t black t-shirt every day. <laughs> so, Is that really? It's very Steve Jobs of you, right? So like, even, even in the winter, like, I wear, like, everyone that knows me knows that about me. Um, it's good, for, yeah. it's good for entrepreneurs, minimizing choice. I mean, it, there is something smart about oh, that. Oh, hey, for Jazz, thank sure. you. Um, yeah, so, yeah I, uh, it's just easier. Like, I have probably 50 black T-shirts and, like, 25 yeah. black chinos. And people probably think I have, like, I'm wearing the same exact outfit. Like, it's, like, dirty, but, like, it's not. <laughs> right, love it. Um, organization or person that you want people to support as part of the Black Lives Matter movement? Okay, so... Um, I don't want to tell someone what to, to do because I think everyone has the ability to support in the way they feel most comfortable. Yeah. Um, I, I tell people just don't stay silent mm. um, and don't be complicit in the way things were and be part of the way things will be. Um, yep. If nothing else, this moment is telling us that the future will look different than the past has. And the BS that we excuse and the silence that we've allowed to exist within our own spaces and comfortability are no longer okay. And you have to speak up. You don't have to necessarily go out and march because that may not be your thing. Your feet may hurt, right? So cool. You may not have the money to, you know, people out of work and coronavirus hit. So like you may not have whatever amount of money to support, but you do have a voice and you yeah. do have a circle of influence. You have family, you have friends, you have siblings that may be on the wrong side of this and you know better and you can teach them and tell them better. So like that, that's my thing for people. Um, an organization that I do support is the Marcus Grant Project. 
Mm. And that helps pipeline diversity into ad agencies. So I think mm. people believe what they see. And until they see more reflections, not just in blue, but across the board, of Black men and Black people in diverse um, spaces, mm. they won't understand why the death of George Floyd was so significant and so heartbreaking and why this moment was the moment. Totally. And so uh, repeat the name again, DeMarcus, you said? Oh, The Marcus Graham Project. So Marcus, the Marcus, Marcus, the Marcus Graham, Graham. Thank you. is a character that Eddie Murphy played in the movie Boomerang, which oh. is like my favorite movie. Yeah. Um, and this organization is named after that character. Great. Perfect. Thank you. Um, what song or artist is queued up in your playlist right now? Um, I like The Baby. <laughs> That's the, the baby. The baby. D A baby. I know uh, the baby. The baby's a group or whatever the artist, right? Is there a song? The baby's an artist. Anything on? My, like, I don't know song names, but so I have Sirius XM. So anytime that the baby song comes on, like I don't know, like I turn the volume up and and, and it's great. Right, love it. Uh, career or job that you've always wanted to try? <laughs> I'm, I'm, this is it. <laughs> this is it. Nothing else. Yeah, I, uh, I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I, I never wanted to be anything else. Um, I started my first company when I was in third grade. I would resell lollipops to, to kids, um, five cent cheaper than the candy store by the school. Wait, so, so you were not making any money? That was I not made, a good business. No, my mom bought them for me from like BJ's, like the bulk lollipops. Oh, right. And usually they were. Oh, like, gotcha. Yeah. And then you up. Yeah, so they were twenty five. They were twenty five cents at the store. So I sold them for twenty cent. Oh, I thought you were like being generous to your friends there for a second. You're like, hell no, I had a business. <laughs> I was generous <laughs> to, su to supply a product they wanted. So yeah. Oh my god, I love that's what I told my husband. I said we could go to Costco and buy some water, you know, in bulk. Go stand yeah. out on the street corner. I mean, you know provide a product people need when it's hot outside. Um, this is a business, a lot of businesses out there, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay, hottest topic during the time of Corona is toilet paper. Devon, do you pull over or you pull under? I pull over and I don't understand the under thing. The under thing is really weird. Like it's, I always pull over, like, I don't know how you, it's just weird if you do it under, then how do you, yeah. I'm yeah. talking about the bathroom. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm well, an, like, ends over. up, yeah, I mean, exactly. Most people are an over. Some people, you would be surprised. Some people are on the side because they don't have a holder. Some people. <laughs> so it's interesting, though. So I'll go to, I'll go to someone's house, I'll visit, and I'll make their overnight. I'll change their toilet roll. If they have oh a under, gosh. I change I it to over. I normally ask everyone if they change it when yeah, they say over. I always I change it. I, know it's, I love that you are. Even if that. I'm, like, at, like, a hotel, I still, I change it. It's, under is really weird to me. Yeah, I totally agree. Okay, last question. 2020 or 2021? Um, now nah, 2020, 2020, because 2021 is going to be better, right? Because all the shit that we've learned and all the shit we've gone through in 2020, 2021 is going to be a breeze. And 2020, oh you know, perfect vision, perfect eyesight. This year showed us in like very few months, like it just turned June, like how shitty like the world could be. Um, we were comfortable. As a, as a human race, we were comfortable with the way things were. And the way things were wasn't right. It just wasn't right. A lot of um, things haven't been there, working. There was mass consumption and mass wealth gain, uh, but we didn't care about people or each other. Um, and this moment has forced us to, to pay attention and, and care for other people. To become woke. Because. <laughs> <laughs> woke to become people. woke. It woke some people up. <laughs> 
<laughs> I told you we'd leave on a positive note. <laughs> yes. Whoa. <laughs> if, if, if you can't have laughter, I mean, I don't know. Humor is certainly something that can help us all in, in some Absolutely. of these moments. So um, thank you so much for this time with me, your generosity of, of spirit and, and entrepreneurship endeavors, you know, and learnings and lessons. Um, Blue Life Media Group, Blue, Life, Blue Magazine, Bombshell Magazine, uh, buy yourself a bow box or gift a bow box this year. And yes. uh, Devon, wishing you all the best. And I can't wait to see you in the office again very soon. Yes, thank you for having me. This has been great. Thank you for letting me have my uh, my lighting not perfect, but I think it worked out okay. You look great. You, 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 great. Have, you have better lighting, but. <laughs> <laughs> you got the good hazy glow. Bye, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Bye, everybody. Thank Bye. you. Bye.